Awesome. Thank you, Noah. Well, good morning, everybody. Man, I'm glad y'all are here um, with us today. Today's a special day as we begin this new season um, in, our, in the life of our church. And I want you to be able to follow along with the message that God has for us today. So on the screens everywhere, there are QR codes. Just scan those with your phone and you can follow along um, with today's uh, message. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I'm 40 years old and I've finally grown up. I mean, anybody's like finally grown up, I'm 40. That's just what I feel like right now because for the longest time, my wife and I have been meaning to get our wills done. I mean, it's like it's, I got teenagers. I mean, I need to do that. There's been several times that Holly and I have gotten on, on uh, airplanes together and we're going overseas on mission trips and the kids are back at home and we're thinking, man, it was probably a good time to get the wheel done just in case something happens. And we just kept putting it off and putting it off. And finally, this uh, last uh, month, we, we finished our will and we went a little bit above and beyond and, and actually got a, a trust uh, put together for our family. Now, a trust is just like a, a will on steroids because it's, it's doing all the, the pre-work, all the, the legal stuff. Uh, before you pass away. I mean, your family's going to have to do that eventually, and it's nice to be able to do it on the, the front end. And it's putting all of your assets into a, into a trust to be, to be better for your kids. And, you know, the, the, the lawyer was sitting across from us, and we were sitting down and, and talking um, through that, and they're just th- saying, okay, well, you know, how would you like to split up your assets? And I'm like, I mean, how hard is it to split 20 bucks? I don't know. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't understand. I mean, this trust costs way more than what we have. So I don't know why we're doing this. But anyways, so, so we're, we're working through and, and, and uh, working through this trust. And, and it was kind of sobering because you began to write down the sum of your life, you know? And it's kind of sad. But, you know, I mean, you're writing your life. Like, what is your life worth? And at the end of your day, what do you have left? And I want to ask you that question. If you were to sum up your life, what would it be? You know, if you're teenagers in this room, you, you might say that the sum of your life is, well, you got school that you can't avoid, and you've got, you got sports, and you've got, you got friends, you've got this desire for acceptance, this desire to, to be happy, and then you also have a lot of expectations that people put on you that you're trying uh, to live up to. If you're an adult in this room, or you're adulting in this room, you might say that you're, the sum of your life is raising your family, or earning a paycheck, or just trying to get to the weekend so you can enjoy it. Maybe the sum of your life is accumulating wealth so someday you can retire and live the life that you've always wanted to live. But for most of us, when it comes to like the sum of our week, it's actually usually probably binge-watching Netflix. You know, that's just kind of like what the majority of our life sometimes is all about, or watching the game, March Madness, anybody, like watching the games, um, hoping that your team, the team you're rooting for, finally wins. Let me just say something. I believe that my life and your life was made for more than that, made for far more than what sometimes we find ourselves doing. In fact, that's what I want to talk about over the next month is that you and I were made for more. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Ephesians. And we're going to be there for a while. And let me give you a little background to, on the book of Ephesians while you turn there. The, the people were, were stuck. They're stuck in the same place that 
that we're stuck. I mean, they're trying to raise families. They're trying to earn a paycheck. They're trying to get to the, the weekend. They were trying to accumulate wealth so someday they can live like they hadn't been able to live before. And they were living in this, this big, growing city called Ephesus. And it was a mix of all these different kinds of people. And they were stuck between following Jesus or following the culture and the ways of this this world. And Paul writes a letter to them. And he loved this church. He had been there at the beginning with this church. And he's, he's far off now. And he writes a letter back to them. And he, he's, he wants to encourage them. And he wants them to be able to open their eyes and, and see this big purpose that God has for their lives in God's grand plan for them. And so you have Ephesians chapter 1, you have Ephesians chapter 2, and then you get to Ephesians chapter 3, and in the middle of it, there's this, there's this halftime moment. You know, halftime, where you go and get some more nachos, or go to the bathroom, or whatever you got to do during halftime, it's a, it's a pause, and what we actually call it, we call it a doxology, where it's this, it's this, this praise to God. It's a, it's a pause, and it's a moment to kind of reflect on what God is, has done, and this is where we're going to sit for the next several weeks, this two-verse doxology that God has for us. And it's important that we sit there. You know, the other, the other day I went to the, the tag agency. Anybody ever go to the tag agency? You're just like, oh, my goodness, that's just the worst place. I think it's very entertaining. I mean, you go to the tag agency, there's always um, some crazy person there, and uh, there's always somebody mad that they can't get stuff registered, whatever. Like, they're just, they're mad. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. I mean, people are high stress for some reason. It's just, just one of those places. Well, the other day, I was at the tag agency, and, and I was sitting and waiting in line, and man, it was just so entertaining that the natural tendency I have, just like everybody is, we're in the doctor's office or whatever, we take out our phone, don't we? Look around the room. Everybody's got the phone because you're like, you're just trying to pass the time. It's just what we do. But I put my phone up and I just looked up and I started watching people. And it was just awesome. Like it just seeing just some of the craziness that we call Oklahoma. Okay, so just crazy people in there. But it was, it was interesting just to, to sit, you know, to sit and not try to be entertained, not try to be distracted, just to sit in that moment and see what's going on around us. And this is a verse, this, these two verses that I want us to just sit in for a little bit. In fact, let's read this together. Here's what it says. In verse 20, Paul writes and says this. This is the pause moment. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. We need to sit in this for a little bit because we need to, to hear from God. We need to pause, we need to slow down, we need to put the phone down, we need to lean in and to hear his voice. We all need to hear from God because a lot of us are living in crazy moments right now. I mean, your life is a little out of control, a little bit more than what you're, nor you're used to. This idea of being in like a spin cycle in a, in a washing machine where it's just continuing to churn. You feel like you can't take a breath. And life continues just to hit you over and over again. And for some of us, we might be stuck in what we call like a desert moment or a valley moment. Every single one of us, one of us goes through that or we are in that right now where life is just difficult and you're going, 
God, what are, what are you going to do? How are you going to get me through this? How am I going to get out of this position that I'm in right now? And my prayer for you is that over the next several weeks that God will speak to you. Last Sunday, we started and talk, started talking about our capital campaign, and we had this big prayer that we have. And it's a prayer that we asked you to begin praying about. And maybe some of you have been doing that this week. Well, I wanted to throw it up on the screen and, and ask you to do this again. Here's the prayer that we want and asking you to pray. It's this, that, Lord, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will for Central? For our church, the gathering, this grouping of believers. God, how are you going to use me in a special way during this season in our church? That is a, that's a big, bold prayer to pray. It's a prayer saying, Lord, please speak to me. And in the Old Testament, there was this prophet named Elijah, and he was in the same shoes that we're in. I mean, he was at this crossroads moment where he needed to hear from God. In fact, people were hunting him down to kill him. I mean, it was, it was rough. But he's at this moment where he's in the wilderness and he needs to hear from God. This, this moment of crisis. And he says, Lord, please speak to me. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, there's this really amazing passage, uh, this narrative. I want to read this. And here's what it says. So he, he, he prays this bold prayer. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was a, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. You know, sometimes God speaks in it, in miraculous ways, doesn't he? Maybe it's a whirlwind or maybe it's an earthquake or maybe it is a fire. But more often than not, God speaks through a, a gentle, quiet voice, a whisper. It's not a sledgehammer to your heart. Instead, it's like this, this delicate, this convicting Holy Spirit scalpel that begins to work on your heart. And if you're open to, for God to do that, if you're hearing his voice, God will begin to change your heart and mold it and shape it into the purpose and plan that he has for your life. You know, in fact, I want to do this right now. I want to just stop in the middle of the sermon, and I just want to pray for that, that God would speak to me and for God to speak to you. So would you bow your heads? Let's pray for just a second. Lord, I... I pray on behalf of every single person in this room, everybody watching online right now, Lord, that you would speak into our hearts. This is a bold prayer. Sometimes we don't want to hear what you have to say because it may call us to do something that we're not comfortable doing. But God, we want to be in your will. We want to be doing what you called us to do. We want to hear your voice. For some of us in this room, we, have, we haven't heard your voice in a long time. We've forgotten what it sounds like. Lord, I pray that today, through the reading of your word, through the preaching of the message, Lord, that you would speak into our hearts. You take that Holy Spirit scalpel and you begin to mold us and shape us 
into the purpose and plans that you have for us. God, so speak to us now, please, Lord, we beg you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we sit, right? We pray that prayer, and you might be saying in your life, whatever's going on in your life, in this moment, you might say, in this area of my life, I can't do this on my own. It's too much for me. And so this passage is a moment for us to get an answer from God. So let's go back to it. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 3, this, this passage for today. And this is all we're going to look at today. It's this. These words, now to him who is able. That's it. Paul says, God is able. Now, I know there's a lot of able bodies in here, a lot of people that are self-sufficient. I mean, anybody? I mean, you just like you pride yourself on being able to do things on your own. I'm kind of the same way. But what happens in your life when like the bad days continue to pile up over and over and over again? And you are financially in a hole right now, and you're just trying to keep your marriage together. You're trying to keep your, your job together. You're trying to keep your business from falling apart. And for a lot of us, we're just trying to keep our kids going down the right path. Amen? I mean, that's like a, it's a full-time job. It's, it's tough and it's difficult. And we are begging and asking for help in the middle of that when it's just, it's just too much for our abilities. And the Bible says right here that God is able. He is able. And I love this word able. Because what it's saying here is that God has the sufficient ability to perform a task that you can't perform. God is able when we aren't able. Now, let me give you some context to this because I think it's important to understand what's going on in this church at this time. Several thousand years ago, in the beginning of, of the church, it started in Jerusalem. The disciples shared their faith. Thousands of people are saved. But here's the deal. Almost everybody was, was Jewish. And for a couple months, maybe even a couple years, the majority of believers, almost all the believers, were, were fellow Jews. But then these Jews began to kind of spread out and, and go to different cities and began to start these little house churches in different cities. And then eventually, Gentiles heard the gospel. And Gentiles said, I want that too. And they give their life to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes into their life and they are radically changed. And for all the Jews, like that was a radical thing. And they're saying, that, that is not how it's supposed to be. I mean, we're Jews. The Messiah is for us. We're the ones who have been persecuted for thousands of years. Like this is, this is for us. This is our time. And God is saying, no, no, there, there's, there's something else. There's somebody else to have the gospel for. And, and so in this, in this church, in this early church, they were kind of segregated. You had Jewish believers who thought they were way better than everybody else. And then you had the Gentiles. And the Jews kind of looked at the Gentiles, the Jewish Christians. They're saying, you know, you know how, how do we deal with these, like, lower class people? And Paul is dealing with this throughout Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2, and a part of Ephesians chapter 3. And the Jews were saying this, we can't. We can't accept them. We can't do that. There's no way in our culture for us to do that. And Paul says, God is about to do something that is unbelievable. He calls it a mystery. He calls it the mystery of Christ. And if you read through Ephesians, there's this 
this overall theme of the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Christ. And going, what in the world is the mystery of Christ? Well, let me show you what that is. If I just go back in Ephesians chapter 3 in a couple of verses before that, Paul says this. In reading this, this, this letter, then you'll be able to understand my insight into the, the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. It's something that people didn't have back then. God has revealed that through Jesus now. And he says this, this mystery is this crazy, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. They're members together of one body and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And the Jews are like, no, that promise is for us and us alone. We look at this and go, well, of course. I mean, Jesus is for everybody. Jesus is for the world. Back then, they were like, whoa, this is totally radical. This is not doable. There's no way for Jews and Gentiles to be one body, to be one church. And God says, "Mm mm-mm. God says, no, I'm going to make what you think is impossible, I'm going to make it possible. And that's a great message for us today, that God loves to make the impossible possible, doesn't he? That's what God does. That's, he's an expert at taking something that you don't think can happen and flipping it on its head and showing you what he can do. God himself does the impossible. He comes down on this earth as a man, as Jesus Christ, and dies for your sins. To pay the penalty of your sins is impossible, and God does it. Not only that, he rose from the grave. That is impossible. Jesus himself, when he was on this earth, he got with his disciples and he walked on water, didn't he? Anybody try to do that in a pool when you're little? <laughs> God, please help me do that. You go off? No, it didn't work, right? That's impossible. But Jesus can do the impossible. Then just a little bit later in the story, he, he calms the storm. That is impossible. That happened several thousand years ago, but man, even today, God is in the business of doing the impossible. You guys saw a video up on the screen earlier about, about AJ, one of, our, one of our church members. He was, he was doing the announcement video. I don't know if you know his story, but when COVID hit, AJ got it bad. ICU, ventilator, the whole nine yards. I mean, it was really, really bad. We didn't know if he was going to make it or not. And God did the impossible. God saved his life. After that, he had tons of complications with breathing, and he's on, he's on oxygen and difficult getting around, couldn't work. I mean, it was, it was really tough. I mean, it was so difficult for him to speak and to even breathe. It was like taking a, a straw and just breathing through a, a st- small straw all day. I mean, think about how you'd feel with that. And he had surgery after surgery, and it wasn't working. And finally, God has just healed him. And just the, rea- the, the fact that he's up on the screen just talking like a normal person is a miracle. That God can take something that we, there's no way. And the doctor's like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And God did the impossible. This is God's business. The problem is the disciples forgot, didn't they? They watch him walk on water. They watch him calm the storms. They're like, high-fiving Jesus, you are the man. And like the next passage, they're doubting him. (laughs) 
And we look at the disciples and we're like, man, you guys are a bunch of idiots. I mean, how would you do that? If I was one of the disciples, man, I would just be all in. We forget about God's abilities all the time, all the time. But God is able. He's able to take your impossibles and make them happen, to do what you think can't be done. And when life, when it comes to your life, the sum of your life, there's another thing that we need to to wrap our minds around. And it's this, that you are made for more. Why? Because God can, right? You are made for more, not because of your abilities, not because of your great uh, things that you can do in your life. It's because, because of him, because God can do things that are not possible for you to do on your own. He's able. He's able to take away your sin. You can't do that. He's able to raise the dead. You can't do that. He's able to give you new life, to fix what's broken, to heal what's hurting, to turn bad things into great things. He's able to provide when there is no provision, right? God can do those things. When you think there's no way, God is in the business of making a way. And right now we're in the middle of this, this capital campaign. You're like, man, talking about money and all those kind of things. And, and that's just the reality for our church. And we're in the process of beginning to remodel and expand a ministry tool that we have. We call it our campus. And the purpose is not to bring much to ourselves. The purpose is for us to create a, an avenue and a tool and to provide space, forget this, to God, for God to work in the lives of families. For God to work in the lives of your family, to disciple your kids, disciple you. God to work in the lives of people who are not here yet, who are far from him. To have a place we can invite them to, to provide for them so they can hear the gospel and give their life to Jesus. So that God can do the impossible. Let me just say this. It will cost us dearly. It's a lot. Just go buy eggs. You know how expensive things are, right? It will cost us. But here's the deal. If, if, if we're just trying to do this on our own, we're going to fail. It's going to feel like a mountain that's too high to climb. But when God calls us to do something, I believe he's going to show up, right? And when it seems like there's no way, God is going to, to make a way. This is a moment for our church to not say, man, we have the ability to, to fix things, to change things, to grow this church. We're at this crossroads, this crisis of faith moment for our church and for our leadership where we're saying, we can't do it anymore, God. Like, you're going to have to do it. We believe you're calling us to this. So, God, you're going to have to show up. It's a prayer. You have to understand that. You, honestly, you have to experience that. And until you understand that and fully experience that moment, you will never fully realize the limitless power of God and what he can do. So here's, let's, let's go back to Ephesians. At, at the beginning of Ephesians, Paul has this prayer. Paul's like the leader of the church, and he has this prayer for the people. I want, want us to, to look at this. He says this. I keep asking... So this is a prayer. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, 
may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Here's what he says. He says this. You guys, my prayer for you is that you would see God's power and you would believe that he has the power. And that's what we need to do. We all need to see and believe God's power. So what is God's power? This is amazing that Paul doesn't end that. He actually finishes his statement and says, here is the power of God that I want you to see and believe. He says this in the very next sentence. He says, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That is power, guys. This isn't doing a little miracle. This isn't magic. This is real power. And Paul says, I want you, I pray that you would see that power. And I pray that you would believe in that power. And I pray that you would experience that power. God has real power to deal with your junk, doesn't he? Some of us have some big things coming up. We have some big decisions in our lives coming up. Maybe there are some financial things coming up. Maybe in the middle of right now. There's relationship decisions you need to make. Life-shaping, life-changing decisions. Here's my encouragement to you. Trust him. God allows us to walk in uncertainty and cloudiness so that we have to grab onto him. When God calls you to be a part of this capital campaign, to join in his work here, you need to trust him. When he asks you to do something that is beyond your ability, this is God's chance to show up and to show off and for him to get the glory, amen? You know, when we started, I asked you this. What is the sum of your life? Maybe another way to ask this is, what are you doing with your life? That's kind of the sum of your life. What are you doing with your life? You need to remember this one thing today. You are made for more. Because God can do anything. He can. He is able. And the question is, when you aren't able, will you trust the one who is? We trust him. You trust him in the season. We trust him in your family. We trust him with everything. He has the power, doesn't he? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the power that you have to do anything. And Lord, I ask a simple prayer right now, Lord, for for your power to be shown in our church, for your sufficient ability to do the impossible in our families. I don't know everything that's going on in people's lives, but I know there's a lot. The reason I know that is because there's a lot going on in my life, my family. And I don't know how we're going to do it. But you do, God. 
And it's, it's the opportunity for us to bring glory to you through our lives by trusting in you when it seems impossible. So God, I pray that people would trust in you today. As, as you speak into their heart, as you take that scalpel out and begin to mold and shape them, as they begin to resist that, we naturally want to do that. I pray that there would be an attitude of trust, knowing that you have the ability and you are able, God. I pray for anyone in this room, anyone watching online who has never taken that step of faith, that giant leap that seems so scary because they've been living on their own abilities to make themselves good people to gain heaven. The reality is we are all insufficient for that, but you are sufficient through the blood of Jesus. I pray, God, that they would trust in you today. Lord, you're calling us to trust in you because you're able. Help us to do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You are more 
We are super glad that you decided to join us today. And if you watch us every week, we're so glad that you join us. And if you're watching right now for the very first time, um, we wanna just say, welcome to the family. We're so glad that you're here. Um, if you're someone who during the message, you thought, you know what? I want to know more about Christ. I wanna give my life to Jesus. And I, I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Uh, we want to connect with you. So if you could text forgiven to 94,000, and that way, one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life. Um, here at Central, we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything. See you guys later.